This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. And then we're going to turn things over to Pat O'Keefe. He's got Nick's pregame for you. The Knickerbockers and the Golden State Warriors, the champs, even though they ain't really playing like it too much here in the first quarter of this NBA season. But the Knicks will try to continue their winning ways. Been a good West Coast trip so far. They'll try to make it three for three as they try to get it done in San Francisco. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program, as always. Yes, Twitter is still alive. It is a thing. It hasn't been shut down. It didn't go bye-bye. So if you're still using it and you're still inclined to, you can find me there at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. We'll do all the basketball a little bit later on, as I said. The baseball, the latest with the Yankees and Aaron Judge, and congrats to Judge. He is officially the American League MVP, which really does not come as any sort of a surprise. But it's a Friday. It's the football season, so we got to do a football Friday, of course. And, of course, we will. We'll give you the picks a little bit later on. Great week for picks last week for yours truly. Four and one, tremendous job. We hope to keep our winning ways going, so we'll give you those in the final hour. We'll do our usual Friday spots covering the two locals. We'll have our buddy Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants for us here at ESPN, joining us at 8 o'clock. Buttle, my buddy, will join me at 8.30 as we talk a little Jets-Pats with him before Sunday's showdown up in Foxborough. And that's our jumping off point today because, uh, I mean, you have to get in the time machine and go back to a year where in week 11, a week away from Thanksgiving, that the Jets and the Giants were both playing meaningful football games. And right now the Jets and the Giants both had themselves playoff spots if the season were over today. That's how unexpectedly glorifying and satisfying it has been if you're a fan of either team in this city. Let's face it. You know, nobody expected the Giants to be sitting there with seven wins in their first nine games, right? Uh, It's incredible. I didn't even think the Giants were going to win seven games this year. This year. And they're seven and two with a better than good chance to get to eight and two going into that Thanksgiving Day showdown against the Dallas Cowboys. You got the Jets, on the other hand, who they were expected to take that next step this year, right? They were expected to improve upon a four-win campaign last year because the talent was upgraded on this team. There were better players. So you were expected to see some tangible results, some improvement. And now you're 6-3. and three. You've had some big wins already this year. You beat a team last time out that most people think is the favorite to go to the Super Bowl in the Buffalo Bills. You've won a couple of games in the division already when he hadn't won a division game in the previous two years. And now you got an opportunity to go slay the dragon on Sunday in their castle, a dragon that you haven't beaten in 13 straight times, including just three weeks ago where you gave the game away. But now you have an opportunity to beat them, and if you do, you're going to be sitting there, everybody in Jetland. On Thanksgiving Day with your friends, your family, your loved ones, or even if you eat in isolation. That's your choice. But you're going to be sitting there and having your Thanksgiving dinner with the Jets in first place 
in the AFC East if they beat the New England Patriots on Sunday. And it's not even so much an if. They should beat the New England Patriots on Sunday. Been saying it all week. Go back to before that first game at MetLife Stadium. Said it then. Jets are the better football team. But they made one too many mistakes on the 30th of October at MetLife Stadium, and that's why New England walked out of there with a five-point win. Giants, same deal. Giants are a better team than the Detroit Lions. Even though Detroit has gotten a little feisty here the last couple of weeks, you know, they've won a couple of games in a row. They've got some explosive big playability on offense. Amonre St. Brown, he is a dynamic wide receiver. If you let him take over a game, he will be more than happy to do so. But that's why that giant defense led by Wink Martindale, and he's done an outstanding job. Wink Martindale's right up there. You know, when you talk about assistant coaches, coordinators, who've done the best job in and around the NFL this season. I mean, Wing Martindale's name is on that short list, hands down. Jet defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich's done a hell of a job as well. He deserves the recognition for how well that defense has played. But, I mean, it is just years since we in this city have had two football teams that now are expected to take care of business on Sunday. And now, with seven weeks left in the season, or however many games are left, seven, eight games, You're sitting there looking at the playoffs, and it's not a pipe dream. You're sitting there looking at the playoffs now and almost expecting your teams to get there. I don't know if we reached the point yet. I mean, you could tell me. As a fan, have you reached the point to where, with eight games left, you would say it's a disappointment if the Giants don't make the playoffs? It's a disappointment if the Jets don't make the playoffs. I almost think you do. I know that might sound a little short-sighted because you're talking about a couple of teams that really have not flirted with success all that much in the last several years. I don't have to tell you. I mean, I can remember sitting exactly where I am right now, and it was almost a year ago, being on this station, talking about that weekend slate of football games. You know, this was like right around Christmas, so there was only a couple of weeks left in the season. And instead of having the conversation like we are tonight about how well they're thriving, The conversation then was about how bad the two teams have been in this city and the product that we have had to absorb as fans of both of these teams has just been so bad for so many years. And when will it turn? Is there any sort of evidence that it would turn? Right? Where were the signs? Where was the hope? Where was the the, the fragments of positivity that you can at least hold on to and latch on to if you're a fan and think, you know what, this might happen. Better days are around the corner. Boy, it's what a difference a year makes, right? What a difference a year makes. And it couldn't come at a perfect time, a more perfect time. And I always say, like, as a fan, not just with football, but any sport, to me, when your team gives you a season that you could take pride in, and a season that you can draw some enjoyment from, if they do it in unexpected fashion, when you least expected it before the year, when the expectations were so low, when all the so-called experts and prognosticators never gave this team a chance, if they somehow flipped the script and went on a magical run that year, those are always the most satisfying, right? It's like when you get that gift as a kid, a surprise, you weren't expecting it. Those are always the best, right? That's what the Jets and Giants are giving their fans this year. That's what they're giving this city.
Giants year one with a new head coach. Not too much activity during the offseason. They were cap-strapped. That other general manager left them with no salary cap space. Joe Shane couldn't do anything to upgrade this roster instead of making some draft choices on draft night, which looks like he hit on a few of them so far. And this was about just putting in their system, putting in their culture, and then next year maybe you start to see this roster take shape and begin to get molded into how Brian Dayball and Joe Shane see fit. And if you win a couple of games along the way, great. But, remember, we were having conversations in the summertime, if you're a Giant fan, about, well, yeah, you want to show improvement, but you don't want to win too many games because you need to still have a high draft choice because you probably need to go get another quarterback next year because Daniel Jones isn't the answer long term. Oops. Oops. That's not to say that you can't find a good player regardless of position, you know, even past the first round or late in the first round or whatever. But the point being, nobody expected the Giants to win seven games. All right? The roster was not exactly brimming with talent. But isn't it amazing when you play smart, you're well coached, each week you come up with a game plan that plays to your team and your players' strengths, and you go out there and attack the opposition and make them outmistake you? That's how you get to 7-2. and two. And with the Jets... They've had a little bit of good fortune this year as far as injuries are concerned, aside from maybe the offensive line. But they've got better talent, and you're starting to see some of these players develop, improve, and some of these youngsters that they brought in this year are making an incredible impact. To add that all up, and that's how you got a team that's 6-3 and three and is 60 minutes away from maybe being in first place in the AFC East. It's been a long time coming, don't you think? That's why you got to be pumped. Jets, I know, are on the road up in Foxborough, but if you're a Giant fan, you're going to this game on Sunday, you know, weekend right before Thanksgiving. It's going to be chilly out there. November football is going to feel like December football, maybe even January football. It's supposed to be like in the 20s. But you know what? That's what this is about, and your team's playing winning football, and the games mean something. You're the Giants. Take care of business this week against a team that you should beat. Don't overlook them because you got Dallas coming up four days after that in Turkey Day on Thanksgiving. Jets, meantime, you know the mission. You know the task. They've beaten you 13 straight times. It's tied for the single longest winning streak by any one team over another in the National Football League. It's time to end it. Enough is enough. Jordan Renan on the Giants, Greg Buttle on the Jets, NFL picks, and plenty of your contributions as well. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. It is the Dan Grasso Show. It is a football Friday. We're rolling until 930 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. The other day when he was meeting with the media, his weekly media obligation, when he was asked about, you know, bouncing back from that performance a few weeks ago at MetLife Stadium against the New England Patriots. And look, people were rough on him after that game. Understandably so. I, I you know, I, I ripped into him pretty good the next night when we were back on the air. Um, it was an awful performance. Now, the flip side to it, and that's why sometimes, like, stats are misleading. Like, Zach Wilson threw for a career high in yardage that day against the Patriots. I think he threw for, like, 366. So you look at that and say, oh, wow, he threw for 366. Yeah, he did, but, you know, that's, like, burying the lead. It was the couple of mistakes that he made with the interceptions which contributed to the Jets losing that football game. And that's got to turn around on Sunday. I mean, there's no secret about that. You know, you don't have to be a genius to figure out that they need to protect the football if they're going to win this game up there at Gillette Stadium. And the other thing, too, I think you look for, Jets did not run the football virtually at all in that game at MetLife Stadium. I think they maybe ran it like 50-something yards, and, and you could make the argument they gave up on the run too early that day. James Robinson, remember, that was his first game with the Jets. They traded for him earlier that week. He only had a couple of practices under his belt, so he probably only had like a select plays or a select few plays, a package for him in the playbook that they were utilizing that afternoon. You saw how much more comfortable he fits in this scheme now. Last game against the Buffalo Bills, he was a big contributor, especially on that final drive when he and Michael Carter just slashed the Buffalo Bills on the ground. Throw in the bye week, another week of practice. I think James Robinson's going to have a bigger impact and influence on this game on Sunday than certainly he did in that first matchup. Jets have to run the football. They have to. Okay? And it's not to say that the quarterback can't make plays or won't make plays or shouldn't make plays. I'm not one of those that believes that you put him in a straitjacket and don't have him do anything stupid. Like, unfortunately, you see these coaches sometimes that coach way too scared because they're afraid that the quarterback is going to make mistakes and they essentially don't allow him to play football. They call an ultra-conservative game plan. They don't have him do anything too risky because, look, the numbers, when you look at him in black and white, with Zach Wilson in the games he's played against Bill Belichick and the Patriots in his very brief career, he's finished two games against the Patriots. Week two last season at MetLife Stadium, and he threw four interceptions. And then the game just a couple of weeks ago at MetLife Stadium, he threw three interceptions. Last year, the game they played up in Foxborough, remember, that was when Zach Wilson got hurt in the first half. He messed up his knee, and I think he left, what was it, the first or the second quarter? I can't remember, but didn't finish the game. But the two full games he's played, he's been picked off seven times. But there was a difference between those two games. You know, that home opener last year, that was easily a byproduct of of the story and the cliche that you hear about Bill Belichick and what he does to young quarterbacks. Confuses the hell out of them, makes them see things that they're not really seeing, disguising coverages, disguising blitzes, all that stuff. And Zach just threw several balls up for grabs. And that's why he was picked off four times. This game that we witnessed a few weeks ago, that necessarily wasn't that. 
That was a case of somebody just making poor decisions with the football. You know, maybe that one he's trying to throw it away, he didn't throw it away enough, and it got intercepted by McCourty. Later on in that half, he tries to force one down the sidelines. Guess who's waiting there? That's right, our buddy Devin McCourty. Again, Rutgers can't make those mistakes. And then after the game when he was saying, you know what? Sometimes throwing the, way, throwing the ball away is boring. You know, you want to make a play. You just you hate coming back to the sidelines after just throwing the ball away and not doing anything. Well, no, sometimes that's the smartest play you can make. And I'm sure that that's been drilled into his mind by the coaches. And I think he'll be better equipped for that when he steps out there on Sunday. I don't think he has to prove to anybody, himself, the team, the fans, that he has to go up to Foxborough and shred the Patriots for 350 yards to prove, yes, I'm worthy of being the number two overall pick in the draft. You know what he does have to do? More than anything else, walk off that damn field shaking hands with his coaches and his teammates that he finally helped the Jets snap a 13-game losing streak to the New England Patriots. That's what he has to do, first and foremost. Let's get some calls. 800-919-3776. Our buddy is Ira. He's in Staten Island. He's leading us off here on 98.7 ESPN. Ira, how are you? Hey, what a pleasure to hear you all week. I'm glad the Rangers and Knicks were off. It was good, good, good listen. How about good see listen. that, Ira? The teams go out west and we get a chance to do shows, right? How about that? There you go. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And I'll tell you, you know, it's no coincidence. The last game up there in 08, uh, oh, by the way, it was week 11 and the Jets turned 7-3 to three after they beat them that night. But um, it, it leads into this week. Uh, you know what? Elijah Moore. I Who knows what's going on over there? And I agree with you, James Robinson will probably be a much bigger factor in this week's game plan. But do you think they could throw a curveball and give something to Pat a look that they haven't seen on any of the tape this year and get the hands into a playmaker who could maybe make some plays? The guy is talented. I don't know what's going on with him and the coaches or team. have no idea. But maybe a different wrinkle you could catch the Pats off guard for a couple of plays and do some damage. Because I think he could be a factor in this week's game. Ira definitely could. And look, he's going to have an opportunity because, once again, Corey Davis is not going to play. Uh, we thought he'd be back by now. He's not. So Denzel Mims will start on the outside. And you saw they've been working Elijah Moore in the slot. And I think he's going to be featured in that role once again. Because, look, here's what's going to happen on Sunday. Bill Belichick, the last time the Jets and Pats played, you know who had a big game that afternoon as a wide receiver? Garrett Wilson. Remember? And Garrett Wilson's come on really strong of late the last few weeks. Bill Belichick, I guarantee you, all week long set out with his defensive coaches and meetings and with the game plan, do not let Garrett Wilson beat us on Sunday, which means if they try to take him out of the game plan, that could open up opportunities for somebody like Elijah Moore. I agree with you a thousand percent, Ira. And I think it'll give you a big game. And, and you know, the other thing here, uh, if you look at the weather conditions and, you know, it's going to be a cold day up there, I can yep. tell you that. But they're talking like, like 20 or 30 mile an hour gusts. The kicking game, mm-hmm. I think, is going to be a huge factor. And you know what? Zerline, nobody talks about it. Everybody talks about the draft and all the free agents. But Zerline was a free agent. And finally, Joe Douglas, uh, for now, has solved this kicking situation and he could be the deciding factor up there on Sunday. You're right about that. And, and Ira, good phone call, and I think you hit it right on the head here. I mean, you want to talk about the kicking game. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't that opening kickoff of the second half in the Patriots game with the one where Braden Mann slipped or something? 
and it was a short kickoff, and New England had good field position to begin that drive, and then ultimately they took it down the field and scored the only touchdown that they got into the end zone all afternoon that day. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Here's the thing about Elijah Moore. Not a bad guy, all right? And he's a good football player because I'll tell you this, with everything that went down a few weeks ago, with the trade request and the you know uproar that everything that ensued, if Elijah Moore was not a talented football player, he still wouldn't be, he wouldn't be on the Jets. It's as simple as that. You know, teams try to minimize distractions. It's not just with the Jets. This is with all 32 teams in the league. They minimize distractions, and if they figure that a player is more of a headache than what he's worth or what he's able to contribute on the field, they get him the hell out of there. And in the middle of this season, I mean, what were we talking about when that Elijah Moore story came out? Why would you bring this up now? Why would you try to raise a stink now when the team is playing well, they're on a winning streak, they're having a good season? Why make it all about yourself? I'm sure the Jets weren't happy about it, right? They left them home when they went out to Denver. But if they didn't think he could play and they didn't think he was really, really good, they might have tried to move him before the trade deadline. And they made that assertion right from the get-go. He's not getting traded. Artie in Brooklyn, up next, 98.7 ESPN. Art, how we doing? Hey, Dan, thanks for taking the call, man. You know, it's killing me. The... They win, and then the optimistic Jeff fans call. And I'm trying to be, I'm trying not to get too excited. But the thing is that this team is depleted, and it's just a bad matchup. And they just stop saying that the that the Jets are better than the Patriots. They are. I don't see it. Artie, they are. They are. Okay, let let. Okay, hear me out. Okay, mm-hmm. are they better on special teams? Mm. No, they're not better on special teams. Nick Falk, I mean, we got rid of him, but let me tell you, he's not missing anything, and Zerline did miss the 45 yards. He's been great. But Zerline's been good. The yeah. The, part, the man, I love him when he kicks the 60 yarders, but somewhere in there, you know there's going to be a chunk. Okay? So the special teams, and don't forget, there was a big punt return on with, with the Patriots also. I love Berrios. I'm, I'm giving the edge to that. The offensive line is hurt. They, they're, they're hurt, and they, they get the best offensive line. And look at the running, okay? The Jets' weakness on defense is their running defense. What did the, the Patriots do when they came in here? They, they got sacked six times, but seven passes completed to the running backs. They ran for 130 yards. Look who beat them. Did you know what that was, Artie? But, Artie, you know what that was a lot of? That was called running through arm tackles. That wasn't the Patriots offensive line blowing the Jets off the ball or anything like that. That was Ramondre Stevenson running through a bunch of arm tackles. Jets are going to have to wrap up better. 100%, I'm sure that they preach that. But, Art, Art, football, real quick, I'll let you finish. Football is a game that is won and lost on the line of scrimmage. The Jets exactly are right. better than the Patriots at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You could try to convince me differently, but I'm not hearing it. Okay, then. So, if that's the case, and we got three of our starters on the offensive line that are out. So, how do you say that we're, we're better on but the But they've been out all year, Art. But what's different from the last time they played? Did we win the line of scrimmage with the last time we played? We won, I, we won the line of scrimmage on defense 100%. They ran for 130 yards. Listen, 
game that happened, we had a 10-6 lead, and they came out with the ball, and they ran it right down our throats. Yes or no? The second that half, one dri- they ran the they- ball. Right Art, they scored off. one drive. Art, they scored, I mean, they scored one touchdown all day. That drive to start the second half, that was it. That was it. Okay. You know, think okay. of it. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If, if I told you right now, if I told you, hey, yeah. Art, on Sunday, the Patriots are only going to score one touchdown, you like the Jets' chances of winning the game? Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. If, if, if they those, don't call roughing the passer on John Franklin right. Myers at the end of the first half of the Michael Carter yes. pick six stands and it's 17-3, to three, Jets win the right. game, yes or no? Yes. That's what I mean. You know, I, it was a couple I, I of things here and there. Art, got to have confidence, I, buddy. Got to have confidence. I, I, <laughs> 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 Too many years with the confidence. I know. <laughs> Art, be good. Art, you know I'll what? You, Nobody. Thanks for the call. Nobody beats anybody 14 straight times. It's like the old Vetus Garolitis line in tennis. Look it up, kids. Google. You know? Nobody's going to beat your team 14 straight times. They're due. Jets are a better team. This ain't looking at it with, like, green and white colored glasses. The Jets are a better football team than the New England Patriots. Go ask Bill Belichick if you can get him on the line before Sunday and offer, hey, hey, Bill, would you like to go into battle on Sunday with the Jets roster 1-53 to or your roster 1-53? to I guarantee you he picks the Jets. Guarantee you. 800-919-3776. That's a telephone number. We'll get into the latest with Aaron Judge and Brian Cashman as well. Dan Grosser Show, remember, we're going until 9.30. Then it's Knicks basketball right here on 98.7 ESPN. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Dan. He's calling from Howard Beach. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Danny, how are you? Dan, you there? Now we're going to move on from him. Breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. I thought that he was going to make a contribution. I thought he was going to add a lot to the program. He was all fired up. He was ready to go, but what can I say? I tried. I, I really, really tried. Um, so congratulations. We'll switch gears to the baseball. Congrats to Aaron Judge. He's the MVP, right? Good for him. I mean, not that there was any suspense tied to it. You knew that he was going to get the award. I think the only question was whether or not it was going to be unanimous. Uh, and I kind of thought it was going to be just because, remember, the night before when they gave out the Cy Young Awards, both those awards were given unanimously to Sandy Alcantara and Justin Verlander. And uh, Judge got all but two first-place votes. And, of course, the other two went to uh, Shohei Otani. As, you know, look, I mean, 
dude had a freakish year. We know that. But uh, start to finish, Judge was the most valuable player, and, and, and rightfully so. And here was Judge, by the way. This was on MLB Network last night, immediately after finding out he was named the league's most valuable player. It's tough to put in words, nah, man. It's, it's, it's an incredible, incredible moment. You know, a lot of hard work <laughs> throughout the years to, to get to this point. You know, I got a lot of, a lot of people to thank. You know, I go back all the way to coaches and, and travel ball to little league, high school, college, guys I've worked with through the minor leagues, major league. Man, this is, you know, I always feel like any award you get, it's never an individual award. It's, it's, a, it's a team effort, you know, through and through. And uh, it's, <laughs> this is, it, mean, it means a lot. It is, but it isn't. See, like, I, you know, like, Judge is always going to say the right thing, and he's trying to be a good team guy. It's a team award. I couldn't have done it without my teammates and whatnot. It's true, but in this case, it isn't. It is very much an individual award. That's what most valuable player is because, I mean, think about all those years that Mike Trout won the MVP. His Angels teams were terrible, and yet he was out there proving that he was the best player in the league, and he got an MVP award when his team stinks, right? So, it, yeah, I, I mean, this one, this one, you could take a bow – you could pat yourself on the back the whole nine yards. You were the best player in the league. So now, let's talk turkey. Not just because it's Thanksgiving next week. We're talking about a contract. Money. Hundreds of millions of dollars. And what it's going to take, potentially, to bring this guy back into pinstripes. Right? $213 million wasn't enough for him last year at the beginning of the season. Bet on himself. Went out and had an MVP year. Now he's going to cash in even more. As he should. You know, you're looking probably, I'm, you know, just throwing numbers out there, talking to people in the industry, I would say you're looking at probably a contract that maxes out somewhere between 325 and 350 depending on who you get it from. But that would be my best guesstimate as to where the numbers are going to fall in. So remember, Yankees put forward an offer before the season. Judge said, thanks, but no thanks. I don't want to negotiate during the year. We'll talk after the season. Okay, fine. Brian Cashman, who last night was sleeping outside, uh, was still managed to speak to the media, though, and they held a press conference. Uh, he was asked if he has made a new offer to Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean, we're, it's in real time, you know, so uh, we're on the clock, so we're not, you know, certainly not going to mess around. So, of course, we've made another offer than since we've made an offer since uh, spring training, yes. If it hasn't been said clearly, if Hal Steimer has had face to face with Aaron Judge and spoken to him several times, and, and I've engaged with his agents, and it's now November, what, 18th, you know, the very early stages of free agency, I think uh, our first conversation with Aaron Judge started the day after. Our season ended. So we're serious. You know, we've always said we were and trying to find a way to make it appealing for him to stay. Although I think he loves playing here. But at the end of the day, it's also about business. And so, you know, he certainly made we're making sure he's got our attention. So. And Brian Cashman was sleeping outside, all kidding aside, because he was doing it for charity to raise money for the homeless and homeless awareness and all those type of things. He does it each and every year. Remember, he's like scaled buildings like Batman and this and that over the years. So last night he was camping out. I, I, I get a chuckle out of it, though, because could you imagine, <laughs> like, you know, let's say this whole thing plays out a certain way where Judge signs with another team, whether it's San Francisco or whoever, and he gets this, like, mega contract. And you find out through the grapevine – that maybe the Yankees did not engage as much as they should have. 
you know, and when they went back to the Yankees to match the offer that he got from San Francisco, like the Yankees didn't even respond. And then like the meme is going to be Brian Cashman asleep in a sleeping bag out on the sidewalk while Aaron Judge is getting $350 million from the San Francisco Giants or something like that. Uh, you know, could happen. Who the hell knows? But, you know, it's, it's funny to chuckle. Anyway, so Cashman was also asked that you know that you want the player back that he's extremely important to the franchise, face of the team, all that stuff. Does he feel that there's more pressure to sign Judge now that he, in fact, has been officially named the MVP? I don't think there's any more pressure on us than there already is. He, I mean, the season he had, whether he won the award or not, the season he had, you know, he's been our, our team leader and our best player. So, you know, the, we do definitely feel the pressure, and rightfully so. He bet on himself this spring, and it really paid off. And that could go a lot of different ways, but he made sure it didn't go a certain way. He made sure it went nothing but north. And so uh, we had the magic carpet ride regular season with him doing what he did. And we wish we could have gotten farther in the postseason, but there's w- still work to be done, and we like to do that together with him, meaning continuing to pursue that world championship dream and get another trophy for this franchise and certainly want Aaron Judge to be a part of that and, and if, if he's willing and, and we can find common ground you know, despite the competition then there's more work to be done together and we hopefully we can do that together but he's put himself in a great position to have a lot of choices so got to give him the time to play that out and, and he'll do what's best for him and his family. We're never going to find this out but I'm curious I really would love to know what the latest Yankee offer is. Right, because I mean, Cashman basically told you to again. We made an offer, and you know that it, they didn't come back with you know two fifteen. If he said no to two thirteen, they had to up it at least somewhat. I mean, you're not going to insult the guy, especially after the season that he just had. But like, how high was it? You know, obviously negotiations and back and forth. I mean, you're not going to put your best offer out there initially. You're going to work your way up to it. So I just want—I mean, like, what does your gut tell you? You think the Yankees actually put three hundred million in front of him? Knowing that, I mean, come on, like you can't, don't take him for a fool, right? You know that he's going to get a contract that is at least 300 plus. So did the Yankees even broach that number in the so-called updated offer? I think they better have. Because if, let, let's say they didn't. You know, if I'm Aaron Judge and I've been with this team for, you know, what, six, seven years or whatever, grew up in the organization, said no to $213 million, If they came at me at the end of the season, after the year that I just had, right, and let's say they threw 275 at me and almost implied as if we kind of were hoping that maybe you would take a hometown discount because, you know, hey, we know each other. We're friends. We're buddies. We go back a ways. You like playing here. The fans love you. You had your best season here because the only team he's played for. But I've been saying this from the jump, boys and girls. If the Yankees think that Aaron Judge is going to give them a hometown discount in any way, shape, or form, I think they got another thing coming to them. You know, they could pull out all the extracurriculars, all of these secondary things which they think will help sway Judge back to the Yankees. Like, I talked about it a couple of days ago. People that are trying to read between the lines here that because Anthony Rizzo resigned. And because he and Judge are friends, that now Judge is going to go back to the Yankees because his buddy is there? I mean, that is one of the dumbest things that I've ever heard in my life. And I've heard a lot of dumb stuff. I mean, Anthony Rizzo signed a two-year deal. Anthony Rizzo doesn't have that much baseball left in front of him. So you're telling me, I don't care if they were, like, separated at birth, if they had, like, a kindred spirit or something, if they were, you know, blood relatives. 
So Anthony Rizzo, who's only going to be here guaranteed for two more years. Aaron Judge, who's probably going to sign somewhere in the neighborhood of an eight-year contract with somebody. What happens when Rizzo is no longer a Yankee and Judge is stuck there? Like, that's impossible to, like, that can't, I mean, like, they're not going to play their rest of their careers together. That's the point I'm trying to make. So people that make it like, oh, yeah, Rizzo went back to the Yankees, so Judge is going to follow. Come on. And the other thing, too, which I don't want to hear any more about is the captain thing. I mean, who cares? To me, money talks more than a letter does. The dollar sign means more than the letter C. If the Yankees, I'll ask you. Okay, I mean, you know how I feel already. If you're the free agent, if you're Aaron Judge, and I'm the Yankees and I came to you and I said, hey, you know what? Here's the contract. $325 million. And we'll name you the captain. What do you think? Or another team out there throws either a $350 or a $360 million contract at you. That's real money, real American dollars but no captaincy attached to it or whatever. Just a lot more money. Where do you think he's going? And what do you think he's taking? Like, to me, all that, like, I, I don't get the whole, you know, cachet of the captaincy. I don't care that Derek Jeter was the captain, Thurman Munson was the captain, the Yankee history, Monument Park. I mean, how, how, how much has that suited Aaron Judd since he's been a Yankee? He's not got, well, he doesn't have World Series rings on his fingers yet, Right? Jeter came in right away and won as a rookie and then just kept winning and winning and winning. Right place, right time. Mr. Clutch. Judge has been a good player, got an MVP award, which Jeter never won, but Judge hasn't won any rings yet. Judge has never been to a World Series yet. Don't you think he wants to maybe get a championship at some point? He's already 30 years of age. And if he thinks that another franchise is maybe going to put him in a position better suited to win more than the Yankees... He might give that a lot stronger consideration. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. We'll get your Yankee thoughts coming up. Remember, Jordan Renan on the Giants coming up at 8 o'clock. Dan Gross' show till 9.30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776, our telephone number. Let's say hi to Danny in Long Island. He's up next here on 98.7. What's up, Dan? How are you? Yes, hi. How are you? Uh, Good. Are you concerned that Judge hasn't responded to the Yankee offer? I mean, I don't even think it's 300. I mean, if it was 325, he would have signed with the Yankees right away. I don't know if he would sign for 325 right away. Because I think there's more well, money to be had elsewhere. Well, I mean, how much it, it could go to three fifty, three sixty, but 
Um, I mean, I mean, he said he wants to get it done quickly, and I don't think I don't think he's going to go past. If it, if it goes past Thanksgiving, then uh, then I, I don't even know what to expect. But he no, said himself I, he wants to get it done quickly. Dan, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't sweat it out if it goes past. I mean, I, I expect it to go past Thanksgiving, to be honest with you. And thanks for the phone call, because remember, we're only talking about what now five, six more days away, right? The judge thing, I, I, I've said all along, Judge DeGrom, I don't think either one of those cases is going to go into the new year. Remember, the winter meetings are the first week of December. I think it's like December 4th to the 7th out in San Diego. That's where a lot of the activity and a lot of the stuff gets done. I, I, I would be shocked if Judge is not wrapped up by Christmas somewhere. But, I mean, you just can't. You just can't pass up, say, 325 and dismiss it as, oh, if he gets 325, he should sign. No, because there's going to be more money and better offers out there from other teams. You know, Judge has already said, he said on that thing last night on MLB Network when he got the MVP that he's in discussions with other teams. He's talked to other free agents. Now, he's under no obligation to tell the Yankees who he's talking to and who his agents are talking to. That's not how free agency works. Right? You get a bunch of offers that your agents field from different teams. You weigh the offers, and then you pick the best one. And if you feel like maybe you're zeroing in on one in particular, then you engage that team, and then you maybe start to hammer out the negotiations on a one-on-one basis. It's not a situation, though, where somebody like Judge, because of the way that baseball is structured, I mean, it's not like all 30 teams are going to be in the running for him. Because you have the haves and the have-nots in Major League Baseball, where, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates, Tampa Bay, Oakland, they can't afford Judge. We know that. There's only going to be no more than, let's say, three or four teams, I think, given the way the current salary structures and payrolls are, are, are laid out right now in the sport, they're going to be able to have this guy. Harvey in Florida, up next, 98.7 ESPN. Harvey, how you doing? I'm well. How are you? Harvey, you know what? I'm doing great. You tell me what's going on. Here's my opinion. Yankee fans are delusional if they think Aaron Judge is going to take 325. Players look at comps. They look to see what other guys get, and they compare it. The Texas Rangers, a a small market baseball team, gave Corey Seager Seager, $325 million. He he has a career of 130 homers in eight years. He averages 17 homers a year. He did hit 30 this year, but he batted 245, and, and he's a sub-average defender. And the Dodgers said goodbye. We got Trey Turner, who's much better than you. Then they signed Marcus Simeon, Dan. Mm-hmm. They gave him the same, same kind of money. Um, it's, it's, he's, a, he's, a, he's just a good infielder. He's nothing great. Aaron Judge knows that Corey Seager got $325 million. He's a below-average defender. Judge is above-average, above-average throwing arm. The man just hit 62 home runs. He's got to make much more than see. At least he's going to want at least 360. Compared Harvey, to Seager. At least. Harvey, you're yeah. absolutely right, and I thank you for the phone call. i got to run. Remember something. His teammate, the guy who gave him the MVP award last night on TV, Giancarlo Stanton, remember the contract Stanton signed with the Marlins once upon a time? That was for 325. And think of how many years ago that was. Inflation, right? It's the way of the world. And Judge has watched Stanton up close here the last few years, and he's like, geez, I've outproduced this guy. Stanton's been a shell of the guy who signed that $325 million contract. So if that's what he got, you're darn right Judge is going to get a lot more than that. All right, we'll talk Giant football coming up next. Our buddy Jordan Renan joins us to break down Giants' lines. Dan Gross until 930 on 98.7 ESPN. 
This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.